0: Welcome, friends, to a special series on the Capital Integrative Health podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Wong, and this is a podcast that is dedicated to exploring the root causes of both disease and wellness. I am honored to be a co-founder of Capital Integrative Health, a clinic in Washington, D.C. area with a mission to create a global revolution in healthcare by educating, leading, and inspiring people towards optimal health and true well-being. One of the key modalities we utilize in our clinic to help patients and be of service is functional medicine. We're excited to offer you this series as an insightful look into functional medicine, otherwise known as root cause resolution medicine, and walking you through case studies that emphasize how we think about and approach holistic care with our patients. So in today's episode, we're walking through a case study on toxins and environmental health and the functional medicine approach to that. So today we have Rob, who is a 43-year-old male who has allergies to a bunch of things, including pollen and pet dander, and he's noticed an increase in symptoms even outside allergy season. He also moved into an older home recently that was about 50 years old, and water damage was discovered, and he also noticed that the basement had some, mold, some water stains on it uh, as well. He also, in his past, worked as a mechanic in his late teens and early 20s, He does have a family history of autoimmune disorders and respiratory conditions, including asthma. And for allergy relief, occasionally he takes over-the-counter antihistamines. Symptom-wise, Rob often feels tired and lacks energy, even after a full night's sleep. He has trouble recalling words when speaking occasionally, and he also has, more than occasionally, brain fog and difficulty focusing while working. He also has seen on his neck and arm, sometimes, skin rashes that appear. He doesn't really tie it to eating or anything specific, but just appearing randomly, and these are itchy skin rashes. About one to two times a week, he also has headaches. He has chronic congestion, regularly feeling the need to clear his throat, and random sneezing. And then finally, he has some chem- chemical sensitivity where he experiences headaches when exposed to fragrances, in particular things like perfumes or cleaners. In terms of his lifestyle, we asked him about his nutrition, and he does follow a high-protein diet. He does include fruits and vegetables every day. He tries to eat organic when possible. He also eats out several times a week and relies on protein bars when working for snacks. Generally, he tries to limit gluten and sugar because he's noticed that this worsens digestion. It doesn't seem like he's tried to reduce dairy yet. From a stress perspective, he does have occasional periods of high stress working as an office manager, and overall he rates his stress at at about a 5 out of 10. Movement-wise, as an office manager, he spends a lot of time indoors. He spends a lot of time sitting in his chair at a desk job, sedentary job. He does do some weight training at the local gym and some cardio, an average about 30 minutes uh, three times a week. So for this patient, Rob, I would first ask, what what really makes things better or worse if he can really kind of pinpoint a little bit more how his body's reacting to different different things? We know that all disease and imbalance is related to the mismatch between his genetics and between his environment. And when we talk about environment, we're, we often think about sort of environmental health in terms of toxins, um, and we'll get into that. But we also talk about we also think about, really, the environmental inputs that um, someone is putting into their body, like the food that they're putting in, and the water, uh, the the air, you know, is the air clean or not? Um, are there any chemicals that are involved in the environment, home or work environment? We also think about thoughts, you know, thoughts, toxic thoughts can actually be a toxin as well because that leads to neurochemical changes that then lead to inflammation in the brain and the nervous system. Um, So I think the first thing would be, you know, what kind of makes things better for Rob? What kind of things make things worse for for him as well? What treatments has he tried before that have worked for him or not? You know, what treatments has he tried that, that haven't worked for him? Now, looking back at his patient history, we do see that, his allergies are getting worse over time. And one thing that happens is there's a connection between immune system dysfunction and inflammation, and it's kind of like a vicious cycle where someone has more allergies and inflammation that generates more uh, triggers, so to speak, for the immune system. That immune system uh, overactivation then actually triggers more inflammation in the body. In fact, most of his symptoms, like allergies, Um, like being tired and lacking energy, the brain fog and trouble recalling words, the skin rashes and headache, and the chronic congestion can all be linked to one word from a functional medicine perspective, which is inflammation. So we know that inflammation is something that is very helpful for us to mount a defense and a response against viruses and illnesses and disease. But when inflammation is chronic and unchecked and unmitigated, then it actually causes a lot of uh, collateral damage to the to the body as a whole, the different organs, different tissues. And you kind of see that in this case with Rob here. So I would certainly ask him uh, another thing to ask him at first because we know that uh, one of the big causes of energy issues is actually something called sleep apnea, obstructive sleep apnea. So he does have a full night's sleep sometimes, and even with that, he's feeling tired and um, and not having energy. So another thing would be you know, is he snoring? Is he having trouble breathing at night? If he has a bed partner, does that partner notice that he's having trouble breathing in the middle of the night? If any of those uh, are positive and there's some questionnaires we can give him as well, we would want to do either an, a lab or an in-home sleep test that would that would either rule in or rule out sleep apnea which would actually be one of the big causes of, of fatigue. Um, we also know that the immune system where it's trying to rebalance at night often and also help with detoxification if the person is not getting enough deep quality sleep or quality sleep with a lot of deep sleep I should say that's actually going to impact the immune system function as well so that people that have short sleep or decreased deep sleep are actually going to have a lot of immune system dysfunction allergies trouble detoxing so that's a big factor too. I, w- I would ask him also ask him about the, the uh, water damage, especially. Uh, we know that uh, water damage, w- when there's water damage, then often there's mold. Now, mold is um, a, a type of basically um, fungi that basically creates... Uh, a uh, a lot of toxins. So so the mold basically does compete with with different species of mold. So they compete with each other, and one thing that happens is in that competition with with each other, they secrete something called mold toxins or mycotoxins. The mycotoxins are really um, even potentially carcinogenic to the body. They they could uh, be contributing to things like cancer, things like inflammation. But certainly with someone with allergies and chronic sinus congestion and skin rashes and fatigue, that is a flag in the in the functional medicine dynamic of, of potentially having mold. Uh, we also know that in the United States, 60% of buildings in the United States are what are called WDB, which are water-damaged buildings. That's just because of the age of the buildings, you know, just like you know, maybe over time our bodies take different hits, you know, inflammation, and, and that can lead to imbalances in body over time as we go through life. This also happens to homes. So homes, apartments, workplaces, they can actually have a lot of, you know, water damage over time. Pipes can burst or, you know, toilets can run and things like that. It causes some floor damage. It kind of leaks, leaks into the walls, and it might not be discovered for years or decades. So that's another big piece is looking at, you know, was that water damage that was discovered? Was that remediated? What was happening there? What were these symptoms? Um, his did his symptom getting worse uh, kind of time correlate with when he moved into that older home? So, so I think that's that's really important. Important basements also can be a big um, factor because right basements are going to be more uh, humid and and you know there's about. Um, I think, you know, at a certain percentage of humidity, then mold's going to grow more. So he did move into an older home recently. It has a basement. The basement showed some mold. So this is going to be a, a big area of, of looking at um, of that factor for him as well. Um, so those are some of the questions we would ask. And these things would take time to ask him. We also are going to ask him about uh, his lifestyle a little bit more. So we do know that, you know, he's having trouble sleeping again, uh, we'll we'll do that testing for him, potentially to roll out sleep apnea. I think another thing on the lifestyle is that uh, he does work pretty hard as an office manager. And, you know, we know that maybe he's not getting outside very much. Uh, So he's not getting outside very much. He's not really getting the vitamin D that you would need to get out in the middle of the day that where the skin would make vitamin D. So I would say getting a, a lunchtime work break where he's going outside a little bit getting a little bit of vitamin d exposure that helps to rebalance the immune system vitamin d is one of the key of vitamins is actually acts as a hormone and it helps to balance what are called t regulatory cells which basically translated means that it helps to balance the immune system so if someone has immune system imbalance which he clearly does with allergies with a family history of autoimmune disorders and asthma, then he's going to have some sort of immune imbalance, and vitamin D is a very important factor there. So getting outside would be a very cost-free and you know easy way, and also reduce some of his stress as well at work to, to do that, to have that lunchtime break as well. Um, I would ask them about alcohol. Uh, We didn't get that in the case so far, but alcohol is one of the big drivers of immune dysfunction. We know that a lot of the immune cells are suppressed when drinking even one drink of alcohol, unfortunately. So our previous... you know, when I was in school, you know, we were taught that there was one to two drinks a day is moderate drinking. You know, now there's studies that show that even two drinks a week is related to cognitive impairment. So this patient does have some trouble with recalling words and brain fog and difficulty focusing. So if he's drinking alcohol, that's one of the things I would recommend is making sure he's not drinking, he's not smoking, he's not putting any drugs in that are going to kind of mess up his brain even more than than it's getting messed up right now. I'm also kind of wondering about um, for his nutrition. You know, he does have chronic congestion and sneezing, so and he does eat a high protein diet. But I would definitely ask him about dairy. We know that dairy is mucus producing, so any anyone eating potentially milk, yogurt, cheese, butter, um, maybe there's some there's some food sensitivity there going on. So an easy thing to do would be to reduce the dairy. Um, there's also a difference sometimes between what are called uh, a1 casein and A2 casein. So casein is a type of milk protein. And sometimes people find that they can tolerate goat's milk or sheep's milk, but not cow's milk because a goat and sheep have more of the A2 casein versus cow's milk, which has A1. So that's another piece. If someone is trying to say they have a lot of chronic congestion, one of the first things that you really want to think about is is dairy sensitivity. And they could, if they don't want to give up dairy completely, they could try a kind of non-cow's milk or non-cow dairy dairy um, program and see if that helps. Um, so so lifestyle, I think sleep look at the nutrition a little bit more except um, including dairy and then getting the lunchtime walk as well. And then testing. So we talked about sleep apnea testing a few times already. Um, I do like the home sleep test for this because it's a bit more comfortable for a patient. They can be in their own home when they do that. I would certainly make sure that we get a vitamin D serum level. There's something called 25 hydroxy vitamin D. And we typically like the level between uh, above uh, 50, 50 to 80 nanograms per deciliter or so to, to optimize immune health. But I would say vitamin D would be helpful. We would check also... Um, potentially allergy testing, depending on kind of what's going on. There's a lot of options that can be done, things like uh, subcutaneous immunotherapy or sublingual immunotherapy as a result of that. We would also consider gut microbiome testing. As we know in functional medicine, everything goes back to the gut. So gut microbiome testing is important because the immune system, um, most of the immune system, about 70 or even 80% of the immune system, some of those cells that help defend and protect us are actually living in the gut. So if we know about our gut microbiome health, this can be very important in trying to figure out why someone is having brain issues or allergy issues or fatigue issues. So I would definitely consider a a stool microbiome test on this potentially. Um, We would do uh, definitely some lab work, uh, you know, going back to some of the hormones. And we're going to be covering hormones in another episode as well. But someone with tiredness and lack of energy and trouble focusing, you always have to look at thyroid function as well. So a full thyroid panel, that would include things like TSH, free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and then the thyroid antibody. So we would definitely want to do that, I think. I would also say, um, depending on what he does, we didn't really ask him about his uh, drinking beverages, but let's say he drinks water, that's fine. If he's drinking coffee, he's trying to kind of um, get get up for the day, you know, get, get to work, get to his office, and maybe he's tired and needs like one or two cups of coffee or even espresso or something like that. There is something that, you know, coffee can be very helpful for kind of energy and kind of lifting someone up, but it does cause a diuretic effect, which means that it does cause uh, trouble, uh, not trouble, but uh, more urination. And one thing that happens is that magnesium is peed out um, more when, uh, when we're uh, drinking a lot of coffee. So I would want to check his magnesium level because that could be another cause of things like headaches and fatigue. So that's another lab that can be done pretty easily on a blood draw. Um, I think those are the tests I would start with. There's, there's certainly some other things. Um, we could also—there's a special test on, on some of the commercial labs called Omega Check. I think that's a nice test that looks at something called omega-3 fatty acids. So fatty acids are, are a part of the body. They're, they make up part of the cell membrane. But for purposes of inflammation, which is the root cause of his disease here, I think— Omega-3 fatty acids are very important in reducing inflammation. They're actually um, two types of main fatty acids for simplification here, omega-3s and omega-6s. And omega-3 and omega-6s kind of work in tandem where you need both types of fatty acids. But in the modern diet and lifestyle, a lot of times there's a the increased ratio of omega-6 to omega-3. So we want to actually look at that ratio. We want to check the omega-3 levels to see if that's affecting levels of inflammation that's affecting his whole body. So that's that's what I would do on the testing side, and then practitioners in functional medicine. As a famous functional practitioner, Dr. Jeff Bland said, "We um, could be considered one of the godfathers of functional medicine." Don't do things alone. Don't be a cowboy or cowgirl kind of person um, where you think you can do it all yourself. It's taking a team approach here. So you know, practitioners that I think Rob could benefit from certainly a functional nutritionist makes sense. Um, I think he's doing pretty well on the physical training side so I would say nutrition would be important there potentially someone for stress management maybe a therapist or even referring to heart math which is a mind body technique that is a specialized technique that can really help to reduce stress and increase re- resilience um, I think we could also uh, we, we could also look at potentially with, with his allergies um, depending on how severe they are we could refer him to an allergist we could do allergy tests in, in the clinic per se um, and then I would say, depending on his, on his trajectory, I mean, he's only 43, but, um, you know, we're seeing more and more people that are younger and younger that, that even have um, early dementia. I think this would be very, not as common as, say, after age 65, but if he's having, you know, trouble with brain fog and recalling words and memory and it continues to get worse, then, then seeing a neurologist could be very helpful. A test that I didn't mention, which I think we'll mention on another episode, is something called the e- evox or evoke potential scan, which is a quantitative EEG that can also look at someone's brain waves and, and uh, brain health function as well. So I, I think those are practitioners I would I would kind of go 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 with in terms of referrals. But certainly, a functional medicine practitioner would be useful in this situation, and depending on the the uh, the results of testing, you know, potentially we could go into, you know, certain specialties of functional medicine. Um, I also didn't mention, because um, just kind of looking at this case here, that if we really suspect mold, then we can actually do with something called a urine mycotoxin test. Um, that's a test that, that you can do at home. Um, you can also do various other tests like uh, environmental relative moldiness index, which is ERMI. So that's, a, that's another test that you can do at home. Um, So these are some of the tests you can do at home to check for mold or mycotoxin exposure. So a lot of things that we discussed today, talking about toxins and environmental health for for Rob, what are his top three most important steps that, that he could take? I think th- one of the things is, you know, from a sleep perspective, and I know we're talking about environmental health here, but in functional medicine, we're connecting the dots with everything because it's really about whole person health, is that if he does have sleep issues and it's related to sleep apnea, that increases the risk of many things for Rob. It increases the risk of low testosterone, atrial fibrillation, and even more importantly than that cardiovascular and cerebrovascular events. So and translated, that means he would have an increased risk of heart attack and stroke. He would also have an increased risk of dementia if that was not caught. So I think one of the big things is if he's having uh, fatigue even after, you know, seven, eight hours of sleep, getting that home sleep study or getting that in-lab sleep study to rule out sleep apnea is actually very important here. Uh, I would also check uh, some other other lab work as well. Um, thyroid would would certainly make sense here. Uh, Taking the lunchtime walk from a lifestyle perspective to get some vitamin D, get fresh air, get out of potentially a toxic environment, depending on, you know, where he is working. So, you know, it says he's working as an office manager, but in this post-COVID time now, we're all working kind of hybrid. So maybe he's working at home. You know, we have to ask him, you know, how many days of work week he's working at home. And, you know, is he working in the basement, you know, which is where a lot of people work is in the basement. They have their home office there. So I'd love to ask him about that as well and if that's the case you know getting outside more if he feels better when he's outside then we know that there's an environmental toxin component to you know the root cause of why he's having these issues um, so those are the some of the things and then the other thing I think would be perspective um, important from a dietary perspective is, is to try to cut out dairy, you know, dairy is a a big cause of allergies. And he does have some environmental allergies, which we see pet dander and pollen. But we also know that if you treat other pieces, of the puzzle, um, helping out with inflammation, like if treating food sensitivities would be helpful, that might actually help his environmental allergies. Uh, And and that's something I've seen myself as well, The, the more clean that I eat, the less environmental allergies I have. So it's kind of an interesting connection there between different types of allergies. So I think with the functional medicine approach, Rob is going to do very well, but you know, we're going to follow him over time. We're going to connect the dots with his biology, and we're going to work with him as a whole person. And I think the biggest thing for these ty- type of cases too is that there's so much going on that we do have to follow up with Rob, and we do have to focus on the most important things so that we can peel the onion step by step and help Rob take charge of his own health. I hope you enjoyed this episode on environmental health and toxins, and we hope that Rob feels better soon. Join us next week in the series on our next episode on hormone health. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of the Capital Integrative Health podcast. A quick reminder that the information we share on this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only. It's not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We highly recommend that you speak to a qualified healthcare provider before making any medical or healthcare decisions. this episode, please take a few moments to subscribe and leave us a review. Your reviews help us reach more people and continue to offer innovative insights and information to better optimize your health and wellness.